All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the 306 Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, we're here recording for our Wednesday, January 10th episode, episode number 112. And we are into our, I wouldn't say the off-season, well, I guess it's kind of the off-season, I guess, for fantasy purposes, but uh, into the playoff portion of our podcast, uh, where we talked a little bit on the last episode, we transitioned a little bit away from the fantasy aspect and whatnot, and a little bit into, um, I guess, some playoff stuff. And then we do what's called the DFS, uh, Daily Fantasy Sports. Um, and you might have heard us talking a little bit on the pod uh, this year. All three of us were in a inaugural DFS league that we tried firing up this year and seeing how it went. Um, I don't know. I guess you guys can talk to a little bit too. I would I would consider that it was a, a success for the most part. Something that I would definitely look at doing again. But uh, we're going to be doing some DFS. We've done this every year where we set our DFS line was based on the playoffs. Uh, you guys can do that at home as well too uh, and compete against, you know, you're some friends you can compete against round strangers win money you can do all, all kinds of stuff uh so we're gonna do that here and we do a little bit of a, a wager uh amongst us and each week you you collect points for wins uh two points for the first place one point for second zero points for last and then uh by the end i think zach won last year and armin won the first year so i'm the only one here with with not, with not a win and I think it was last place had to double down on the concept I can't remember how we all shook it down but we'll we'll figure out what the what the payouts will be and the punishments will be but we'll we'll get more into that kind of as the uh, episode goes on but uh before we get started here we'll say hello to the fellas and, and we'll get things going uh first of all Zach over under what's the chances that Mike Grable is going to be the coach next year for the New England Patriots <laughs> I got my fingers and my toes crossed so well, they were going to trade. I think do it for free. So, yeah, exactly. Rumors were yesterday possibly a trade, and this morning around lunchtime, don't have to do that no more. And Armin, what's been keeping you busy? Oh, you know basketball, and like you said, that that DFS league. I'd I'd say it was a great success. I came away with some money, so I'm pretty happy about it. Um and. Uh, I think last year is the year that I beat you guys and Zach won the first year. If I if I have to look back in the history books, because you were touting me as the the DFS guy last year when we started, and I was like, I lost last year, like the very first year we did this. Yeah, you know what? It wasn't even that big of a pain in the butt to like organize too. Other than you had to make the thing, send it out every week, whatever. But then you just put the results into a spreadsheet it wasn't too bad but it'd be nice if there's a platform that kind of did it for you i mean the FanDuel does it but they take um they take a pretty decent cut and then you the pain in the butt trying to make sure the money goes through right anyways they worked out pretty good but we'll see see if that's something that comes around again next year yeah um coming up here uh it's already on our social media so if you're listening and you want to be a part of it uh the three or six charity bracket challenge is up and running it's on our socials uh, you can print it off, fill it out, take a picture of it, or you can screenshot it, fill it out with your uh, smart device, save it, screenshot it, what have you, send it to us. Once we get it, we'll send you a confirmation and we'll send you uh, the email of where you can send the, uh, the money transfer. And uh, and you're in. You're going to get a chance to win some signed memorabilia, uh, 22 fresh care package, among other possible prizes as well. Um, last year was a great success. I think we had over 30 brackets of it i can't remember the exact number off the top of my head uh but it was uh it was a great turnout last year and and we're hoping for another good turnout this year because we've uh, we mentioned it before and we're going to mention again we're hoping to surpass that 2500 uh benchmark we've we've got set for ourselves this year um 
we also have not only the bracket challenge, but we also have uh, the watch party coming up as well too. I know that's not for another month for sure. It'll be uh, Super Bowl on on Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, we've confirmed that Rock Joy Event Center will be hosting us again there with uh, uh, we'll have raffle tables. We'll have the fifty fifties again. Um, snacks, drinks. We'll have the uh, Super Square board again. That was uh, a great success last year as well too. And once again, you know, all that money is going to a great cause. It's going to the Ronald McDonald Charity House. So uh, awesome proceeds and an opportunity. We talked about last episode. We'll talk about it in the upcoming episodes. Lots of opportunities to be able to contribute to uh, the charity this year. So um, we got things going here. But I guess before we do uh, a little recap, or I guess did, uh, either of you guys happen to watch the national championship last night with uh, Michigan giving Washington a, a bit of a licking? Had the first half on, but... Around halftime, I think I went to bed. Actually, it was pretty early bedtime for me. <laughs> Armin, you gonna catch any of it? No, I was busy with the kids all evening, and uh, ended up with a late bedtime with the kids too. So, um, fortunately, didn't get to watch it, but uh, I was kind of paying attention to it, and uh, it looked all right, but not uh, not one for the for the ages kind of thing. Yeah, Michigan looked good. I watched the first half kind of like Zach, and then I had to hockey last night. So I was kind of watching a little bit of the start of the third quarter right before we got on the ice. But by that point, it was outside outside looking in for Washington. And by the time I was back off the ice, that's very much what it was, was outside looking in. Uh, Michigan had that one under control for, for a good portion of that one. Um, we'll get one, uh, 22 fresh, 22 fresh quick question of the week. Uh, we'll get into insiders and headliners. Uh, we'll get into our playoff picks and then we'll do our wild card weekend fan duel. So for those of you, um, you haven't been with us before, that's kind of the layout of these episodes until, uh, we get to our fantasy awards, which comes up in a couple weeks too. So that's one forward to look forward to, but at least, you know, the format for the upcoming episode. So without further ado, uh, we'll get into the quick question of the week segment. Time to find out. Okay. So this one, it's uh, I guess it's a bit of a loaded question. Um, I mean, it's easy to say you just want to take the two, the best quarterback and the best wide receiver and stack those together, but a little bit of, um, a little bit of meat potato going to, to, you know, considering draft capital and all that stuff as well. Uh, the question is who is a quarterback and wide receiver, or I guess, quarterback and tight end, I guess, if that's the direction you want to go, uh, who's a quarterback and receiving option, we'll call it, uh, for your fantasy team that you would like to have as what's called a super stack. And for, the I guess in a little bit of inputs in here why uh, we're talking about stacks is especially in DFS that's a, a very popular strategy in DFS if you want to do really really well you stack one of your you know quarterback with the wide receiver or the quarterbacks in with a tight end and you know years previous maybe stack Mahomes and Kelsey right and um, there's people that'll do that lots in their fantasy teams but it's very very popular in DFS so now as we're pivoting a little bit more to the DFS this, this question kind of fits the mold so uh, we'll start off with uh, Armand. Who's a, who's a quarterback and uh, either wide receiver, tight end, whatever you pick? Uh, that's a super stack that you would love to have on your team next year. Well, if you look at the docket, it's really confusing because I thought you had put 
a stack of a QB wide receiver and tight end all at once. So I put Jefferson Hawkinson cousins. Cause I was like, that'd be a heck of a stack that you could actually achieve in a draft or even DFS because of their prices. But uh, with the just QB and wide receiver or two players, um, QB pass catcher, I went with Richardson and Pittman um, for next year. I think that could be a league winning duo um, because you'll, you'd be able to draft them without having to use first round capital to get both those guys in your, uh, in your, uh, your draft leagues. Yeah, that's uh, even your first one. Like you had Jefferson and Cousins in there. Like Cousins is going to be a, a a late round quarterback. That's if obviously if he signs with Minnesota again and, and he's yeah, but he's not going to be like he's never been a high draft capital quarterback. So if you're lucky enough to get a top five pick, you get Jefferson, and somehow in in whatever fashion, if it's one hundred one, one hundred two, one hundred three, or however far he drops. That's, that'd be a fun stack. And I, I imagine that's a stack that a lot of people would be targeting if you end up getting Jefferson. Well, yeah. And if Cousins gets back to the form he was at the beginning of the season, like he was like on pace for a top five fantasy top five. QB season, you know, like we got him as a throw in in one of, our, one of our dynasty leagues. We traded Goff. We got, well, we traded Goff. We got a second this year, a second the following year. And then we got Cousins as a throw in. So like, <laughs> if he comes back, like that trade's looking pretty darn good. So, yeah, that's that's yeah. somebody I'll be watching for this this season. Um, Zach, this one, uh, this was the your what you put in there. I I heavily thought about this one. I ended up going a, a bit of a different route, but this was two guys that I was very intrigued on on putting down for my answer. Yeah, I went with uh, the Dallas options. I went with uh, Prescott at QB and Lamb at receiver. Uh, Prescott finished this season as QB three and lamb finished as wide receiver one. And I think the beauty of this is even with Prescott's uh, high finish this year, uh, QB three, I don't think you're going to have to draft him as QB three. I still think the likes of Josh Allen, Jalen hurts, uh, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, uh, those types of players are going to go before him. So you're going to get Prescott uh, a little bit later than you, you likely should. But I just think the names ahead of him, especially with their, with their rushing upside, um, you won't have to spend up to get them. Uh, Lamb, though, I think you're going to have to invest for sure a, a first-round draft pick in. Uh, you know, Quite possibly one of the first two or three draft picks um, I think this or this upcoming season. Yeah, he. Uh, I've been looking at a lot of different, um, like yeah, social media platforms that are projecting what the first round is going to look like next year, and they have him anywhere from like the one hundred three to the back end first. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see what the off season produces for for CD. Um, but that's a that's a that's a stack that if you had them this year, you, you'd be hard pressed not to have won your league. Like you'd be. <laughs> Probably did pretty darn good for yourself. Um, my stack I put down, I put two because um Tyreek and Tua was one that um I would obviously want quite a bit of Tyreek. Um led the league in reception yards this year, finished I think two points, maybe three points behind CD uh for wide receiver two on the, the fantasy season. And uh, other than you know being nicked up and a little bit hurt down through the middle of that stretch, I think I, I was pretty positive that Tyreek was gonna break the 
single season uh, receiving yardage um, record over Calvin Johnson. Uh, I'm looking for that to repeat itself next year. Tyreek will be a first round pick. Uh, it's pretty standard. But then Tua, once again, kind of a similar uh, discussion as Zach had where the, or Tua, he's not, he's not a top five, not even a top six, like round quarterback. You're looking at him as maybe the seventh or eighth round quarterback in, in single Q leagues. Um, the other one I looked at too was uh, Herbert and uh, was Keenan Allen. Uh, Keenan Allen is getting quite old, but he, uh, other than the, the entire Chargers falling apart down the second half of the stretch, Keenan Allen was on pace for, for a career year. Uh, and Herbert, you know, got hurt. Uh, he had a little bit of a, a regression this year. So his draft capital is going to be a little bit lower than usual too. And Keenan Allen getting older, uh, his draft position is going to get a little bit lower too. Uh, so almost like a similar argument to what Armin had for Pittman and Richardson, where you can get them a little bit later than, than some of these other stacks you get. Obviously, the stack that I'm taking in that point would be a, a veteran perspective where Arm is taking, you know, the young, the young up and comer perspective. But that's one that I'm going to have my eye on quite a bit because Keenan Allen was kind of forgotten about going into this fantasy season as like, ah, he's the old veteran. He's old. It's, you know, they drafted Johnson <laughs> and his time in the sun's over. And well, Keenan Allen was electric for three quarters of that fantasy season. So that's another stack that I'd be, pretty interested in watching him because I think I, I think Herbert is going to be one of the biggest values in, in next year's draft just because of how bad the Chargers were this year uh, how bad he was injuries and non-injuries you know there's a lot of factors that went into that um, but I think that I think he's going to be a, a, a big value in fantasy seasons um, insiders and headliners a uh, couple things we'll talk about here chopping day uh, some coaches are fired thank god <laughs> Arthur Smith uh, <laughs> a lot of fantasy managers a lot of Bijan managers uh, maybe Kyle Pitts managers if that has Ooh, yeah uh, but I saw the thing first he has three years left on his contract he's gonna make $17,000 a day for three years <laughs> just because Atlanta fired him uh, so I thought that was pretty funny that like the what's that the scene for Moneyball where it's like no I, that's not what I think of you that's what the Yankees think of you they're paying you that much to not play for their like whatever that scene is in Moneyball that's what I think yeah. Arthur Smith they're paying him to just not coach for them because he was so god awful uh Ron Rivera also fired I know Armin you put in there Eric Miami is he up next um I'm very curious if that is going to happen next I know they were like Washington's throwing names out left, right, and center who they want to bring in and, and interview and whatnot. But I think that would be an easy fit and if not only offensive mind, but just familiar with the organization. But whether or not that happens, I, I don't know. Um, and then just today, we were getting the docket ready to go. And we mentioned already that Mike Vrabel, uh, Tennessee and Fire Mike Vrabel, um, pretty confident. I, I would be betting, I'd be guessing that's he's going to end up in uh, New England, but uh, that's one of those ones time will tell. Um, I'm also going to mention too, mostly we talked about like coaches injuries, but also, uh, Sam Laporta, there was a big injury for the lions. That's one that, um, was a bit of a, I wouldn't say head scratcher. Cause like, I get the idea you can climb one spot, which grand scheme of things is kind of whatever you've already made the playoffs, but you want to get momentum. You want the offense clicking. You want to be good, but losing one of your top offensive weapons, like, if you looked around, there's like Philadelphia is dismantled right now. Hurts when you break a finger or dislocate a finger. I, I can't, I'm trying to find the report. I can't find exactly what it was. Um, 
AJ Brown left hurt. Uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other big top names from teams that that left injured in this in this week 18. So it's going to be an interesting one to watch for some of these playoff teams as well trying to get healthy before the the second season begins. So something to something to monitor. But uh, before we get into the weekly recap here, the playoffs are set. We've got Baltimore with the bye, San Francisco with the bye, uh, AFC, NFC. That was already settled in Week 17. Uh, but Buffalo ends up getting the number two seed. They're playing the seven seed Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, number three seed Kansas City is taking on the number six seed Miami Dolphins. Number four seed Houston Texans are taking on the number five Cleveland Browns. Uh, so that is in the AFC. Uh, NFC, we have the number one Dallas Cowboys taking on the seven Green Bay Packers. Number three, the Detroit Lions taking on the number six, Los Angeles Rams. And then number four, Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the number five, Philadelphia Eagles. So uh, we'll get into that a little bit here in our playoff picks. We'll do our weekly recap first, uh, talking about our stud of the week, and then we'll get into uh, some of our picks. So, um, Zach, <laughs> I can't believe you put this one down. I guess he, he handed you guys a better draft pick, I guess. But um, you, you could talk about your stud of the week. <laughs> On Sunday from noon until 3 p.m., I was Saskatchewan's biggest Brees Hall fan. Um, every time he touched the ball, I was cheering him on. Um, for the exact reason that you said, uh, he was the only weapon the Jets had, and it was because of him the, pa the Patriots lost, and it was because of that that they secured the number three pick in this draft. Uh, Brees Hall had a career game. Uh, he had 37 carries, 178 rushing yards, and one touchdown. Good for 28 uh, fantasy football points. And he looked like it was a snowy, blizzardy day, but he still looked good. I don't know how that was possible in an absolute monsoon of a of a snowy day, but he uh, he, he looked good too. Yeah, I think he cracked off. I think it said four runs of 20 plus yards so he, he was moving uh armand your stud of the week i went with a, a guy i've been singing the praises of all season long and that's nico collins nine catches 196 yards and a touchdown for 30 fantasy points it uh yeah i i really enjoy him as a receiver he he looks good and i'm uh, excited for next year with him too um, I think he's going to have a, a big week this week. I don't know why I, I, I can't remember if I did, I hide him in my DFS line. If I take him out, I think I did. Oh, I did too. Okay. Well, disregard. Maybe he won't have a big, <laughs> that's how he does have a big week. You take him out of the lineup and then he smashes. But, um, my, my start of the week, I ended up going with Jonathan Taylor and bit of like, uh, I don't know, like a catch 22, I suppose, but he had a huge week. But then fourth and one, they with your season on the line, they take him out. And was it is it goodness or goodness or whatever that um like free agent off the waiver wire, non-drafted running back? They put him in fourth and one, target him, hits him in the hands, drops his season over. A uh, bit of a head scratch that JT was on the sideline for that one with your season on the line. But uh he had a great week, 30 touches, 188 yards, and one tutty. Also had two receptions for another eight yards on top of that. So Huge week for Jonathan Taylor. Unfortunately, their season ended. Um, but fourth and one, I guess, you take your best player off the field, I suppose, was the decision. <laughs> They'll never see it coming. <laughs> yeah. um, 
Okay, playoff pick them. So for how this works, you guys, uh, each week we break down the matchups. We, we make our guesses. We keep track of how many we got right, how many got wrong. Um, and then next week we do it over and over and over until uh, the playoffs are over. So um, some of them sometimes are a little bit chalky and it's just the way she goes. But sometimes we get a little spicy and we, we try and pick a big upset. And, and uh, sometimes we're right, sometimes we're wrong. But we'll see at the end of the playoffs who has the most correct guesses. Um, starting things off, we have the number two Buffalo Bills versus the number seven Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, maybe Armin, you can t- uh, start us off here and, and tell us who you're going with and maybe just a quick little blurb line. All right, I went with the Buffalo Bills. Um, Pittsburgh, I don't think, has the offensive firepower to keep up with the Bills. I saw also uh, TJ Watt might be out this week which kind of takes a little bit out of their their defense, which is their stronger side of the ball. Um, and, yeah, just they, they're not to the same caliber as Buffalo. And I'm not even a huge Buffalo fan for this year, but um, this one is – it's kind of hard to go on the Pittsburgh side of things. Yeah, I the TJ Watt thing basically – anchored this one down for me i think that was a nail and coffin uh armand oh i went i went buffalo too um with armand zach uh, who are you going with i think that's a clean sweep for us uh all three of us going with buffalo uh pittsburgh is like pittsburgh's the reason why i don't think we needed to go to to seven playoff teams there's no reason why uh pittsburgh should be in the playoffs yeah, it is it is too bad. There's a couple other teams like like Indianapolis, Jacksonville that could have made a little bit more noise than, than Pittsburgh. But yeah, that's that's just a bad football team. And somehow they just scrape together the most ridiculous wins. The only, <laughs> the only way I see them winning this is if somehow Josh Allen turns the ball over four times again. And even still Miami couldn't win when he turned the ball over four times. So I don't know. It just seems like this one's inevitable, but We'll go to the next one. Number three, KC versus number six, Miami. Uh, we'll get Zach to start this one off. So I actually think this is one of the more exciting games uh, on the on the weekend here. But I went with KC, and I think uh, the elements and the, the Miami Dolphins' inability to beat uh, teams that are over 500 are the two main reasons. Uh, it's going to be pretty cold this weekend on Saturday at Arrowhead. Uh, I looked it up. It's going to be like minus 16. So not too, too bad, but a lot colder than Florida. And, and uh, on the season, Miami has only beat one team above 500. So I can't see this being uh, Miami's day. Armand, uh, where are you going with this one? I went KC too, man. Um, kind of same as Zach, like they can't seem to beat good teams and like Casey with Mahomes, he's going to turn it on in the playoffs. You just know that he's not going to be passing the ball to Justin Watson and he could run it instead and stuff like that. So um, he'll do whatever he needs to do to win. And that Casey defense is really good and a defense that will hurt Miami and um, we'll limit their their scoring opportunities. Um, yeah, yeah, Casey all the way for me. Little Justin Watson, little blurb there. That must be a DFS play there, Armin, for sure, I'm guessing. <laughs> or, or Justin Watson's name for no reason. Uh, that's got to be in the DFS lineup. Um, I'm a little bit contrary. I'm going Miami. I think uh, 
this this is a bit of a hot take. Um, unfortunately, I was hoping Miami was going to be the the two seed there and host and have a warm warm playoff game and be playing against Buffalo again at home. Um, but that being said, uh, Patrick Mahomes has never played in a road playoff game, and uh, he's still not going to because he's not going to make it out of uh, out of the first round here. He's not going to have to play a road playoff game. Uh, Tyree Kill, this is a bit, it's a homecoming for him. They played each other, uh, if you remember, but it was a London game or uh, or a Germany game. I can't remember. It was an overseas game, regardless. Uh, so a bit of a hot take here. I am going to take Miami. I think Tyreek in the homecoming game is going to smash. Miami's going to have their secondary back, uh, which is going to help very aggressive uh, secondary, uh, especially what's his name, the Canadian there. Um, Javon Holland. Yeah, Javon Holland, thank you. Uh, what he's, he's, I think he's very, very underrated. Uh, I think he's a uh, uh, very, very, very good safety. He didn't play this last week. Uh, he should be back here for this one. So a um, bit, of, bit of a hot take, but we'll, we'll go Miami. Um, the last one in the AFC, we've got number four, Houston versus the number five, Cleveland. And this one, this one's interesting. And this, regardless, it's uh, the tale of the quarterbacks. We've got CJ Stroud, the rookie quarterback, making his debut. And on the other end, the whatever an opposite of a, of a rookie is, like the veteran of all veterans, we've got Joe Flacco leading uh, the Cleveland Browns. Um, so we'll go, uh, I'll start this one off. Um, I think... This one might even be hot takey too. They're the four seed, but uh, uh, they're not the favorites in this one. Cleveland is, but uh, Houston's playing good ball right now. Uh, CJ Stroud is letting her rip, um, and he's kind of got that like I don't I wouldn't say blinders on, but that's what I'm expecting. It's you know you can't feel the pressure if you if you don't know what the pressure is. You're just going out there playing ball, let the ball fly uh, all season. He's just letting rip. There doesn't seem like he's under pressure. Doesn't seem like he's, you know, stressed or, or you know, um, nervous going into these games. And and that's the type of game I think you're going to have to go in in the playoffs and you're hosting and it's just going to be, hey, what do we have to lose? Let it rip. Like, we were supposed to be super bad. We were a top two pick this last season and we made the playoffs. And what do we have to lose? Let her fly. And that's what I'm kind of hoping CJ Stroud is just going to, like, I'm hoping this game's going to have a thousand passing yards between both. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm going to go Houston here. Uh, Armand, uh, are you joining me or are you going against it? I'm going against it. And the main reason is Cleveland's defense. Um, they are an incredible defense. Um, I think this is where, where you're going to start seeing a game plan, specifically trying to stop Stroud's air attack. And Cleveland is just too good defensively to to let him put up the numbers he has in all season. He'll probably make a few big plays here and there, but I think generally throughout the entirety of the game, Cleveland will be able to kind of shut down that Houston attack. And then offensively, Cleveland is going to be better than Houston's defense. Um, plain and simple to me, but uh, I'm rooting for both teams on this one. I, I love both teams' stories for this season, and whichever team makes it out of, the, out of this round, I'll be rooting for for the rest of the playoffs. There's... Sorry, before we go to Zach here, there's four teams that are in the playoffs that have not won a Super Bowl. The Cleveland Browns, Buffalo Bills, the Detroit Lions, and the Houston Texans. So there's four teams that are that are in the mix for their for their first Super Bowl. I think I have the four teams correct there. I might have to double check that. 
Um, but three of them obviously being the AFC. So a pretty good little uh, chance that one of those teams may be able to come out of that one. But um, Zach, who are, you, uh, who are you going with here? I am siding with Armand and the Browns. Uh, both these teams are very evenly matched uh, on the season. The Browns had one more win than the Texans. Uh, both teams have a top 13 uh, defense in terms of points allowed. And both teams have top 13 offenses uh, points per game. So both teams very evenly matched. Um but I think the difference here is going to be the experience uh, opposite of what you said. I think Flacco's experience is going to be the difference maker uh, compared to Stroud's uh, inexperience uh, on this stage. Granted, big stage in college, but not quite to the level of NFL playoff football. And I think what's most impressive about the Browns is they were an 11 and six team with, I think three different starting quarterbacks. Um, that just shows the, the depth and the quality of that roster. Um, so I think the Browns uh, last week, I said they're, they were my dark horse team and, and I'm sticking with them right now. I think they had four because they had that Thompson. Yeah. It? The rookie yeah. Yeah. Watson, Flacco. And then Driscoll started week 18, didn't he? Yeah. Well, there you go. I mean, that's a All right. that's a flash in the pan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that one counts. That one upset me because I put Cleveland to win that game because I thought it was going to be that rookie starting, and then it was freaking Driscoll. And I was like, what is this? Why did you put him out there? Why not give that rookie some reps at least? Like, holy moly. Um, Flacco goes down a hip injury or something. Well, um, yeah, you're not playing Flacco, but I don't know. Uh, here's a little bit of a hot takey for, for Stroud. I think what we're going to see from him in the playoffs is uh, something Mahomesy, and that he's going to run a little bit more. We know he's athletic and he has the ability to, um, but he, he never really ran much during the regular season. And I think in the playoffs here, we might see him trying to do whatever it takes to win in, uh, in this uh, playoff matchup. Yeah, that's that's one thing I've been surprised by. We haven't seen him run as much. Like we've seen um a couple of quarterbacks take the step forward. Like what's his name in in um Carolina, other other rookies, sorry, um Bryce Young. Like he wasn't known for running the ball all that much. But he I guess there wasn't much else to do. He had to run for <laughs> the last couple of weeks. But yeah, well, I'm I'm curious what's gonna happen here. This this little bag of tricks in the in the postseason is fun, like the little trick plays or the gambles or the, the weird stuff you see that everybody's been saving their little bag of tricks all season long. It's, it's a fun time of year. Um, switching to NFC here. Uh, we got the Dallas Cowboys, the number two seed taking on the number seven green Bay Packers. Um, I'll start this one off. That it took a lot out of me not to put green Bay down here for some, I just have this feeling that green Bay is, is going to win this one. Dallas finds a way to, they, they find ways to lose in the postseason, it feels like, but um, it also hurts me to cheer for Green Bay. So I, I don't <laughs> this Dallas looks like a well-oiled machine. Their, uh, their offense is good. Their defense is good. Uh, they're they're going to have to rely on the run game a little bit more because Green Bay secondary is pretty decent, but they give up a lot in the run game. So I don't know if it's going to be the, 
the the gunning offense that we've seen from C.D. Lamb and Dak Prescott and even Brandon Cooks in the mix as much if it's going to be maybe more a Tony Pollard type uh, type game. But I, I do see Dallas uh, hopefully taking care of business here. Um, I know everybody thinks this is their year. It's one of the better years they've had in a long time, a number two seed finish. Uh, but we'll we'll see what the what the story has for them for the the whole playoffs. But uh, I do I do have them penciled in for for the round one. Um, Zach, is that uh, where you're going as well too, or, or are you looking a little more Green Bay? I went with Dallas. Uh, I think if there is ever a year for it to be the Cowboys year, I think it's this year. Uh, top five uh, scoring defense in terms of points allowed and the number one scoring offense. So this is a, a balanced team, um, but kind of like you said, it would be the most Dallas Cowboy thing ever for them to get blasted uh, this weekend by the by the Packers. I'm not even close. Imagine like 31 to four or something like that. Like some <laughs> like some most oddball score. Like oh, I can only imagine. Um, Armin, where are you going with this one? Just call us the Dallas Buyers Club, man. As we all uh, we all went with Dallas here and. You know what? Uh, I agree with all your guys' statements, and but if you ask a, a Dallas fan, uh, every year is their year, Jordan. Doesn't matter. Yeah, I know we have one in our fantasy. Like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna throw him under the bus on the pod, but I know he's listening. Uh, he'll he'll tell you every year is a Dallas year. Um, I'm going to uh, go to the next one, and we'll start with Zach. Let's rip the bandaid off quick here. Detroit versus Rams. Uh, who you who you taking here, Zach? Sorry to say, but I went with the Rams. Um, had uh, had Laporta been there, would have been very, very different. But I think without Laporta, that offense does take a step back. And the Rams, they're kind of hitting their stride with uh, with Cup fully healthy now. I think uh, I think the Rams might be a bit of a dark horse. Yeah, you know what, Zach? It sucks. It sucks because. I don't want to. I don't want to think it, but I said last week on the pod this. This is the team I was the most concerned about the Lions playing, just the way the Lions often or the defense has been. Not I shouldn't say struggling. Last week they didn't do too bad against Minnesota. Um, Gardner Smith Johnson, uh, sorry Gardner Johnson's first game back. I'm hoping Houston's back. Um, that's going to help substantially for the defense, but that offense is clicking for the Rams. And I, uh, the last I saw Detroit is still three and a half point favorites, which I was actually kind of shocked by. Um, but we're, we're in tough, we're in tough big time. And it's, I don't know if it's going to be Stafford being rattled coming home for the first time or what's going to take. <laughs> I am very, very nervous uh, for this one. Armin, are you with uh, Zach? Or are you, are you going to Detroit? I am not with Zach on this one. Uh, I well, this is the first one in all these uh these ones that I'm not with Zach actually, but I went with Detroit. Um, even without Laporta, I think our offense will still be able to move the ball, and uh, defensively, like you said, they're getting some guys back. But this this is going to be an intriguing game for me to watch as well. Um, the uh, both three six games are I think going to be the best games of the weekend. They're going to be the most entertaining games of the weekend. And um, honestly, it could go either way. That's a bit of a fence-sitting cop-out thing to say. 
Um, but uh, yeah, like LA could win it, and LA could honestly, if they're they're hot at the right time, like they could go all the way if they're if they're clicking because they they have a lot of the pieces they had on their championship run. Like they have guys that have been there before, and they have younger, more explosive weapons. I would I would argue on offense. That's, yeah, like that's the thing that sucks is because I'm picking Detroit. I'm obviously picking Detroit and cheering for Detroit, but. If, if the Rams win this game, I would not be shocked to see them for sure in the NFC Championship. Like, I, they'll be playing against San Francisco, and they very well could upset San Francisco. Like, book it. If we're talking the pod next week, doing this exact same thing, and the Rams upset Detroit, I'm going to be bitter as all hell. But book it. I'm picking the Rams over <laughs> 49ers. Like, I'm just going to put that out there. I'm, I maybe shouldn't be talking that much because I obviously want Detroit to win, and I want to be talking about Detroit versus Dallas and get some revenge out there, but obviously I'm going Detroit. Um, I think this one, like as concerned as I am, that building is going to be rocking. Like I looked at getting tickets. They're almost, almost as expensive as the Super Bowl right now. Like if you look at the, the cheapest ticket you can get right now is $4,700. Go to the, the Lions game. It's the first home playoff game in like 33 years or something like that. Like that place is going to be bananas. Uh, and obviously Stafford coming home, there's going to be the added, uh, you know, elements to that. There's the golfers of Stafford. There's the, uh, the general managers versus general managers. There's, there's so many different layers to, to this game. Um, but I, as concerned as I am, because I can see it going sideways, I just have this gut feeling that the lions are just going to take it to them. Like it just, like, I think so many people think they're just going to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. And that's been the MO of the, of the Lions. But, man, Jared Goff was number two passer passing yards in the NFL through the whole season, which is, like, hard to believe. Like, I don't – honestly, I didn't believe it until I had to go back and, and reread some of the stats and whatnot. So, um, Amonra is rolling. Uh, obviously, the loss of Laporta, that is not great. But his biggest attribute was his ability in the red zone. He opened up opportunities in the red zone. Uh, there are some other tight ends that can do that. Obviously not the ceiling, not the the yak yards that Laporta can bring. Um, but I'm going to see that this is going to be, uh, I, I'm guessing, a big, time, uh, a big time game. And I would be betting the over on this one. So I, I think, though, too, I think this is the game of the week. Like, I think of all the matchups, of all the games, of all the stories, I think this is going to be the, the game of the week. Um, and that's not just me as a Lions fan. Like, talking to a lot of people they're like this this game is the one that, that i've got circled to watch so i'm uh, i'm pretty excited for that one and then wrapping things up here we've got tampa bay and philly so this one's an interesting one because most people i think would have smashed philly uh before this past week but now a bit of the injury bug catching philly here at the wrong time of the year and they're on a skid they've lost five of their last six uh they went from 11 and one to losing the division and now finishing in the five spot playing tampa bay um who have, you know, rolled the roller coaster. Somebody's got to win that division is, you know, the, the saying of the NFC South. But now this um, this team has got a, you know, an offense that can, can move the ball. Um, Philadelphia is one of the worst passing defenses in the NFL. So I'm very curious on how that's going to work out. So I don't think this is the easy slam dunk that a lot of people would have thought of this. If we were talking about this uh, two, three weeks ago. But uh, we'll start things off here, Armand. Are you going uh, number four, Tampa, or are you going number five, Philly? I went with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like, like you said, man, Philly's injured. They're on the skid. They just 
they don't seem right. Like something's off there. They're not playing well. And like, it hasn't even been like they're starting to catch wind again. It's like they've hit the low in the season at the exact wrong time. And even if they start to catch catch wind in their the wind in their sails again, it might be too little too late because they're they're not uh they're not gonna be flying around like they should be because they, they're in such a low right now. It takes a bit to, to kinda work your way out of it and playoffs isn't the best time to do it. Maybe Tampa Bay has a bad game and Philly can start getting the momentum and then maybe they could be dangerous, but I I just don't see it happening with the the way they've been doing. Zach, are you on board with uh, Armand? Or are you going uh, fly, Eagles, fly? Uh, not as far as fly, Eagles, fly. Maybe fly, Eagles, fly. Uh, just without the S there. Um, I don't think they're quite as super as we uh, we might have thought they were, um, you know, midway through the season. But they, they're still an offense that has the potential to be a top 10 offense on the season, they're number seven over the last three games. They're still one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. They're 12 over the last three games. So they, they have the ability to score it. Uh, what might be their downfall, though, is that over the last three games, Tampa Bay has been the best defense in the league, surrendering under 12 points per game. Uh, Tampa Bay... They'll be they'll be a tough out, but I think uh, when it's all said and done, I, I think I think Philly has it. Uh, certainly, don't feel as good about Philly as I did, uh, like I said, maybe a month ago. But for this round, for the Super Wild Card weekend, I think the Eagles still have it. I've been I've been saying this for for I can probably say months now. I guess. Uh, maybe it was me and Armour talking about it, or I can't remember. Maybe it was in the group chat or what. But man, I I thought a long time ago Philadelphia pretenders, and they were like eight and one, seven and one, nine and one. And I was like, man, I think they're pretenders. They just don't look as good as they were last year. The offense is clearly having issues. The defense is giving up big yards to bad offenses. I was like, I I think Philadelphia's pretenders. They're nine and one, which I could easily you know swallow a big bag of crap on that one, but. They're starting to falter for a large part of that being injuries, but they're just not the same team. They're not. Um, and you know what? For for a lot of the same reasons that maybe Zach talked about the the strengths of Tampa Bay's defense. Uh, I mentioned the strength of Tampa Bay's passing offense, and then Armand uh, was discussing obviously Philadelphia's struggles. Uh, I'm gonna go with Armand. I'm going Tampa Bay on this one too. Um, a little bit more confident on that one, like. There's some other ones where a little more I took some bigger upsets and I wasn't super confident. I, I do think Tampa um, is going to upset Philly. They've been a tough out uh, the last couple of years, obviously with Tom Brady, they won the Super Bowl. Uh, but there was, was it last year? Was it two years ago when they upset, was it Dallas? I'm trying to remember. They had a huge playoff win where they were like, nobody was nobody was expecting them to win and they had a, a, a big upset. I'm trying to remember what, who that was. Um, just off memory here, it's not, not, uh, not going too well. But uh, I'm going to think that was two years ago. Yeah, so I'm going to go Tampa here. We'll uh, we'll see how that shakes out. Um, we'll keep track of these, like I said, and we'll see how guys do throughout the uh, throughout the year. Uh, now this is the DFS. Um, if you haven't been with us before, this is our last segment of the episode. Uh, we pick DFS lineups and DFS lineups. You're essentially you're given a lump sum of money, like pretend money, online money. 
and you got to buy players to put in your starting lineups. Uh, obviously, some players, like if you want to pick uh, like the Christian McCaffrey, uh, Tyree Kill, or those top-end players each week, they're going to cost you substantially the most. And then some players that are not very good or players that are you know, – are maybe they're, they have, they're possibly injured and might not play. Sometimes those guys cost you substantially less and you can flirt with your balance and your, and your ability to make your starting roster based on the, the dollar amount each player. And, and you don't have to spend every dollar, uh, but sometimes you milk, milk that, uh, that budget dry creating your starting lineup. So this one's a little bit different and there's two ways to do it. Uh, you can enter the big massive ones where there's like a hundred thousand people in it. And you have to have like, you know, a random player that goes absolutely nuclear that's going to separate your team from other teams. So you got to beat 100,000 people. So you got to have a pretty crazy roster. We're playing, there's three of us. So like, we don't have to have the most like ridiculous rosters. And some of them are pretty like, you know, maybe chalky or what, what have you. But the the idea is we don't have to beat 100 people. We don't have to beat 20 people. We just got to beat two guys. Uh, so the strategy is a little bit more safer, I guess, in in that aspect compared to playing in the the big tournaments. So um, we'll start things off here, and I think the easiest way is just we'll go quarterback across the board, then we'll go RBs, state your whole RBs, and then we'll go across the board, state all your wide receivers. We'll go next guy, wide receiver, et cetera, until play the lineup. We'll give a a brief summation of the teams at the end, and and same thing. We'll just keep tally of how things go. So. Um, Armin, you're first in the docket here. Uh, let's go with your quarterback. All right. Uh, I wanted to make sure I had a QB that I figured would be good for a decent amount of points in this one. There's a lot of question marks around some of the QBs. So I didn't uh, buy or sell the farm on my QB, but I made sure to invest mightily into him. And I went with Dak Prescott at $8,600. He was, what, number four on the on the expensive list or or what have you, I guess, on the um, the total total budget spent. Uh, Zach, where'd you go with your with your queue? Uh same as Armin. Ended up going with uh, Dak eighty six hundred. Uh, take the quarterback of the best offense on the weekend seemed like a pretty easy choice for me. Well, we're making a change already here. Um, is never good when your opponents both have the same cue. So if they both do good, obviously that's a detriment to your team. But I went with Jared Goff. Um, like I said, I have that just that sneaky feeling that with the Rams giving up a lot of passing yards, uh, that this might be you know one of those weird weird weeks where we see Goff just air it out and let it rip. And and he was a budget play too. I think he was out of the whatever twelve starting quarterbacks. I think he was like the ninth most expensive. So he's are the ninth cheapest, I suppose. So a little bit of a budget. I took Jared Goff at 7,700. Um, I'm going all in with my boys. And if I if I lose this week, it's going to be a tough week. Because if I lose, I mean my line's lost because the the way I set up this line this lineup. But uh, then I'll bring it back, coming back the other way. I got my running backs. I went with uh, James Cook uh, as one of my running backs at 7,100. He didn't have the greatest week uh, this past week against Miami, but against Pittsburgh with missing TJ Watt, a um, little bit of a uh, banged up defense there for Pittsburgh. I'm um, expecting him to to get some work done, and I'm expecting them to be up quite a bit too. So you might see him get some late late work in the third and fourth as well too. And that 7100, uh, there's a lot worse players you can pick there too. And I also took David Montgomery, uh, Detroit Lions. He just uh, he has a nose fan zone. If that ball is within five yards, he he's punching it into. 
the Jameer Gibbs is the exact price. They're both 7,600. So I really flip flopped about which one I'm going to take and which one, you know, uh, who would take and who I'm not going to take. Um, Gibbs maybe has the higher upside, but I think Montgomery has the, the touchdown upside. And that's kind of what I'm looking to capitalize here. So uh, Cook and Montgomery are my two running backs. Uh, Zach, uh, who did you go with for your two? Uh, like you, I really, really wanted to get uh, one of the two uh, Detroit running backs into my lineup, but uh, just wasn't able to make it work in a way that I felt comfortable. So uh, I went with James Cook, uh, running back for the Bills at 7,100. And then I went for a bit of a value play, who I think could pay off in a big way. Uh, Devin Singletary, uh, running back for the Texans at 6,300. Uh, last weekend, uh, Pierce, the running back for the Texans, had zero touches offensively. So at least for the time being, it seems like it might be Singletary's backfield uh, like it's been for the past several weeks. Um, so hopefully he has a good game and, and uh, I'm able to capitalize on that value that I saved there. Uh, Armand, uh, who did you grab for your running backs? Um, well, I uh, had a little bit of a tough time picking my running backs here, and I'm looking at Zach Singletary, and I'm a little jealous he, he did that one uh, because I have Najee Harris, who I just said Pittsburgh's not going to do very good. Um, but you know what? He's been the guy getting the majority of the touches in the Pittsburgh backfield in their push to make the playoffs here at the end of the season. Um, so maybe in the playoffs here, he's going to get a lot of touches. I'm just hoping that volume will lead to some good fantasy production. And then Jerome Ford, the Cleveland running back. I'm pretty confident in Cleveland this weekend. So, uh, I decided to, to keep the good times rolling there and take their, their RB because I think they'll be up and he'll, he'll be able to be in a run game situation for the majority of the game. I'm hoping. Uh, just keep it going. We'll go snake draft style here, Armand. Uh, who are your three wide receivers? I went with uh, Josh Reynolds from uh, the Detroit Lions as a value pick at $5,500. I like that one a lot. I had him in my lineup too. I ended up subbing him out because I saved some some money somewhere else, but I, I had him in my lineup. I like that one a lot. Yeah, he he's he has his games. And with Laporta out, um, he was he was really making some noise before Laporta broke out at the midpoint in the season. So I think uh, he'll start to see more targets with Laporta being out here this week. Um, my other two wide receivers, I went Justin Watson from the there Kansas City Chiefs <laughs> for fifteen two fifty two hundred dollars. Yeah, a value pick there again. Um, kind of looking at it as uh, just hoping he gets a touchdown. Um, of the Kansas City wide receivers, he is kind of the one that's targeted a little bit more in the red zone. Um, so just kind of hoping for that touchdown upside. And then uh, I sold the farm here. This is where I spent the majority of my money. I went with CD Lamb to make the DAC CD stack with $10,000. Um, I think Dallas is going to have a good game. I picked them to win the game, but uh, Green Bay will put up enough pressure that uh, CD Lamb and Dak Prescott will be able to put up a bunch of points, I'm hoping. Yeah, CD, that's a tall ass. That's a big budget play, but um, I ain't mad at the Justin Watson play there. We'll get we'll get there in a second. Um, Zach, your three wide receivers. 
Yeah, I uh, I tried kind of doing something similar to what Armin did with Prescott and Lamb, but that was just too too expensive. Um, I was even feeling bad about my 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 expensive receiver, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown at nine thousand. Uh, so to spend an, an extra thousand dollars for Lamb just uh, wasn't something that I could stomach. So uh, I thought St. Brown would be a good uh, fallback because of the absence of Laporta. I could see a scenario where they just hyper fixate uh, on St. Brown and and pepper him with like fifteen targets um, as a low ball number there. Uh, next, I went with everybody's favorite uh rookie wide receiver Jaden Reed uh you two haven't stopped talking about him the past month so I think I'll roll my dice on him um quickly becoming uh loves number one uh, target there in Green Bay and then I had to save a little money and I went with uh Kahil Shakir uh kind of like that slot number three receiver for the Bills lately in the in the Bill games that I have watched, whenever they need a play, it seems like third and eight, third and nine, uh, the ball finds its way to Shakir. So hoping for a few clutch uh, third down conversions and anything after that's just gravy. I'm pretty jealous of that read one. I, I try to figure out a way to get him in with still keeping the key pieces of my, my lineup and, this wasn't looking like what I needed to get done, but I am pretty jealous you, you got him in there. Um, much the same as, as Zach, I, I also have Amon Ross St. Brown in there for 9,000. That completes my stack. Well, a few pieces, I guess, to, to my Jared Goff. Um, just that's if they're going to win that ball game and if Goff is going to have a big game, it's going to come from you know, the St. Brown, the Goff stack. Uh, I also took Brandon Cooks, so a little contrary to Armin C.D. Lamb. I took the Brandon Cooks just because of the touchdown upside. I think he scored four of their last five games, and I might have to vet that. Um, but he has just been a touchdown magnet for Dak Prescott on that offense, and I'm just kind of hoping that that's going to be um, where we get some, some of those big points, especially because of how good the, the defense is. I think there's going to be a lot of attention to Lamb and maybe Cooks one of those guys on the outside that might be able to, to, to get one. And then much the same as Armin, I also took Justin Watson, 5,200. Uh, it's basically a throwaway value play. 5,200 is very, very cheap, which allowed me the, the grace to spend a little more money uh, in some of those other key spots too. Um, but speaking of a throwaway, going to my tight end spot, um, I went James Mitchell, which is like a total throwaway tight end for the Detroit Lions at 4,600. Um there's defenses. There's a few defenses that actually cost more money than what I paid for, for James Mitchell, but there are very few healthy tight ends right now uh, for the Detroit Lions. James Mitchell is, I'm hoping uh, going to be a red zone threat or red zone opportunity for the Lions. He's another passing threat for our passing target. Sorry for Jared Goff, my quarterback. So if, if Goff is throwing touchdowns, uh, I'm hoping that, you know, it's going to be, Either it's a punch in for Montgomery, uh, you know, maybe a, a swing or a release or a screen for Montgomery, a red zone release for Mitchell, um, Monra 98 yard touchdown. I'll also take that, but I'm I'm hoping for a you know a huge huge Detroit week. Obviously, with you can tell from from the premise of my lineups. Um, 
Zach, your tight end this week. Well, my Google search has Jay Mitchell football uh, as a search after I saw the lineup. Had no idea who, who this was. So uh, thank you to you. I learned a, a new player. I think he was, uh, he was a fourth-round pick. Uh, it said a fifth-round pick out of Virginia Tech. Yeah, two years ago, right? Yeah, 2022. Yeah, he, uh, he had a couple touchdowns last year, So especially when they traded Hawkinson. So there you go. There's your fantasy football tidbit of the year or of the week. Yeah. The more you know. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I went with Jake Ferguson. Uh, this was kind of my cheaper way of uh, stacking a player with my quarterback. Ferguson was 6,200. A, a more affordable tight end as compared to some of the, the higher end tight ends. And I think there's a good chance that Ferguson could do well. Um, out of the last six games, uh, he has had more than 40 yards receiving in five of those. So not asking for a lot, just asking for a little from Jake Ferguson. Uh, Armin had to step away for a second, so I'll, I'll just speak to his tight end. If he gets back, we can just mention um, maybe why he took him, but um, probably because he was the number one tight end over the last seven weeks is probably why, but he took David Njoku. He's already spoken as to um, how high on Cleveland he is. He thinks they're going to get the job done. He's pretty confident in that, so that would explain the David Njoku take. Um, we'll go back to the flexes. I guess I can take this one over too. Um with a lot of my budget play, I, I was left over with a, a nice chunk of change going into my my flex spot, and I ended up getting Mike Evans at 8,400. Um, that offense, if this is going to be a week where Tampa wins it, Tampa Bay is going to win. Um, I already mentioned how how poor Philadelphia's pass offense is. Uh, Mike Evans is the gift that keeps on giving in fantasy football this year. He was astronomically good compared to his draft capital. Um, so I'm just looking to, you know, I think Tampa Bay is going to win. And if they do, then that's going to be a, a huge Mike Evans week. So when I was looking at guys with, uh, you know, surplus of cash, I thought this was a, a great play uh, to put in my flex. Zach, your, uh, your flex play. So uh, my flex play is one of your wide receivers. I went with Brandon with an I cooks uh, for 6,500. Uh kind of tied him and Ferguson together uh, with Prescott. Hopefully, uh, like you mentioned, he's had a, a bit of a hot streak here with, with touchdown. So just hoping to get a little bit of good luck here. And we all went with a different defense. Uh, Armin went with the, the Browns defense at 4,400. One of the, I'd say, higher end defenses uh, this week. I don't have the list in front of me, but I imagine they're higher up on that list. Then, uh, Zach, your defense. I had to go to the bottom of the well to make this all work. And, uh, you know, I don't hate it. Uh, Houston Texans, while not the the absolute best defense that I probably could have picked, uh, they're still, well, they're, they're 11 on the year. So not too bad as far as points per game. And uh, they're top 10 over the past three weeks. So uh, I'm pretty happy with, with that, considering the amount of money that I spent. Um, I don't know if I mentioned, but they were 3500 Yeah, I'm the same as you. I went bargain hunting. And I actually originally had 
uh, Miami in here for even less than what I have the Bucks for for 3,900. And I thought, you know, Miami against KC, they they struggled scoring points this year. A lot of turnovers in comparison to years previous. So, you know, I thought this was like a sneaky little play. Then I had some budget left over. I looked, and I was like, okay, Tampa Bay. I got to take Tampa Bay at 3,900. I, I think that's a sneaky play. Like I'm, I'm, looking, yeah. I'm looking at the stats here. And over the last uh, week 18 excluded, this is week 17, 16, 15, 14. Um, yes. Where am I looking here? Oh, yeah. Going all the <laughs> way back to week 13. So week 18, uh, I don't have those stats in front of me. Uh, I'd have to vet that. Uh, I know he didn't play most of the game anyways. Week 17, one interception. Week 16, one interception. Week 15, one interception. Week 14, two interceptions. Um, then two weeks where he didn't throw one. Then two weeks in a row of interceptions. Then two weeks with no interceptions. Then one, then three, then one, then two, then one. Those are the interceptions that Jalen Hurts has thrown this season. And going back from week 13 to week 17, we've seen at least one interception per game, many of those being host. So I thought, you know, with Tampa Bay's defense being as strong as they are and how many interceptions Jalen Hurts has thrown, I thought this was like pretty sneaky, to be honest, that this, this might be one of those ones that kind of puts me over the edge, especially when I was bargain hunting nonetheless. So um, that uh, kind of wraps it up here. I'll read off Armin's team here. We got uh, Prescott. Harris, Ford, Reynolds, Watson, Lamb, Ninjoku, Davis, and then the Browns, the defense. Uh, I got Goff at Q. My running backs are Montgomery and Cook. Wide receivers, I went Watson, St. Brown, uh, and Cooks. Uh, I went bargain hunting with uh, Mitchell at my tight end. I took Mike Evans at my flex, and then uh, Tampa Bay for my sneaky D. Uh, Zach, let's uh, let's list off your your team. Uh, Q is Prescott, running back is Cook and Singletary, wide receiver. I have St. Brown, Reed, and Shakir. Tight end is Ferguson. Lex is Cooks. And defense is the Houston Texans. So same as I mentioned for other things, we'll keep track of all these little stats and whatnot and see how we do. There'll be a little wager throughout the year and we'll we'll crown a champion at the end. But uh um enjoy some football you guys uh we got two saturday three sunday and one on monday so we got lots of football here uh there's some really good matchups there's only a couple where i'm like ah probably tell you how that's gonna end up i don't think this is gonna be very entertaining but i think there's a, a lot of games on this on this six six game docket there's like could go anyway could go anyway and I, I see some a lot of exciting football waiting to be uh watched this weekend so i uh, hope you uh enjoy your football um, I'm just going to continue being stressed the rest of the week. Uh, primetime football Sunday night. Nobody text me. My phone's going to be off for better or for worse. If my phone goes on back on Sunday night, things went well. If my phone doesn't go back on Sunday night, well, just don't text me for a few days because I'm going to be uh, <laughs> I'm gonna be bitter as all can be. But anyhow, uh, that's going to do it for episode 112. Thank you very much for everybody for listening. Uh, don't miss out on your chance on getting in on the charity uh, bracket challenge. Once again, hit us up on the DMs if you need some more information on that. Uh, we'll be able to hook you up. So thanks for listening, everybody. Take care, and uh, let's talk soon.